Welcome to the HU Pirateship Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? You can find us at www.hupirateship.com, where we talk about the pirates. You can find us on all social media platforms. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. So link and subscribe. It's year seven and uh, episode number 68. I'm your host, Big Reek, along with Hampton Knight from the HU Pirate Ship. Hey, man, July 1st, Hampton is going to the CAA. So we're definitely going to get into that, man. How you doing? I'm good. But before we say that, let's just say allegedly or, you know, rumors and innuendos. We can't confirm it. That's true. That's true. So, yes, it it has not been officially confirmed by the CAA or Hampton. But we'll also talk about, you know, the sources and and where this information is coming from. So, yeah, on this episode, we will uh, uh, go over the reports that Hampton is joining the CAA July 1st. And then we'll just give some quick basketball updates. So, on to it. Hampton to the CAA. Now, this is from John Rothstein on uh, on Twitter. So, and this is his uh, report. The CAA is expected to add Hampton as a member of his conference on July 1st and is also targeting both Monmouth and Stony Brook as potential members, multiple sources told College Hoops today. There is no timetable on an official announcement. The Seawolves and Hawks are both currently members of the America East and MAC, respectively. And this is uh, some information about John Rothstein. John Rothstein has been a college basketball insider for CBS Sports since 2010 and is the host of College Hoops Today podcast via Compass Media Networks. Rothstein is also an in-studio correspondent for both WFAN up in New York and CBS Sports Radio. So also uh, reporting on John's work is um, HBCU Game Day, HBCU Sports, and the Virginia Pilots. So it's all pretty solid sources that have... um, uh, reported on his work as well. So for now, until we're told otherwise, we'll assume it's true. So Hampton, I, you got great takes on things, man. So what what are, what are your initial thoughts on Hampton of seemingly officially going to the CAA, which is the Colonial Athletic Association? Well, you know, we've said this at nauseum about Hampton joining the CAA for a long time. We knew that this was Dr. Harvey's dream, you know, to have our programs in the uh, CAA. And this goes back to the CIAA days, you know? So, I mean, um, when we think about it, um, Dennis Thomas, Dr. Dennis Thomas, the old athletic director of Hampton University. This is in 1994. I found this from David Teal from the Daily Press, now the Virginia Virginian pilot. And it's so ironic. David Teal was the one who reported on this one, too. So, Dr. Tim, this is in 1994. 
when I think we were moving, taking a step up from Division Two to Division One, and we were going from the CIAA to the MEAC. Now, this is Dr. Harvey's dream then, 1994. It says, this is from David T. on the Daily Press. Dennis Thomas stepped out of the Convocation Center's green room and cut to the chase. Hampton's entrance into the Mideastern Athletic Conference, he said, is merely a stepping stone toward the ideal affiliations, the Yankee Conference for football, the Colonial Athletic Association for all other sports. That's the game plan, Thomas said. It's a natural progression. We just have to get our programs up to snuff. Then if you go down a little bit further, it says, we've had schools on, and I'm sorry, he said, Hampton's desire to join the CAA and Yankee Conference is based on money, prestige, and geography. Now, if we, uh, this is back in 94. So when we were leaving the CIAA, which to me, I would say for many, you know, of the older Hampton alums, they felt that that was our true home. You know, you know, the old hands, you know, it's like, man, I wish we never left the CIAA. Yeah, some, because, some still think it's the true home. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like um, it's it fits that, you know, because when that old blue and silver was out, you know, it fit the it fit what was in the CIAA with Virginia Union and uh, Winston-Salem State and Bowie and uh Oh, it's just and central, yeah. It brought back and it just brought back so many memories. I mean, not childhood memories for me because I grew up in the SIAC and SWAT country, but um, it was pretty. It, it was pretty, I would say, vibrant for a lot of the older alums. But then, you know, for our generation, we came along in the MEAC when. We were just heading into Hampton when we just joined the MEAC. If you think about it, we won the MEAC the first year. No, I would say the second year in conference. You know, we won it, I think, uh, two times in a row. And then we had a Heritage Bowl birth, you know, at the third year. So we, and, and if you think about it, what type of program went from Division Two? All the way up to, I think, a number two ranking in the country. I think in, what was that, 98? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about that program that we had, I mean, we had some bona fide stars in that program. We had Roy Johnson at quarterback. That's my family, but you know, I just say <laughs> we had um, we had we had uh, Antico Dalton on defense. We had Chuck Preston on defense. Lamont Turner on offense. We had, uh, and then we had young guys come in with uh, Montreal Coley, and then we just had we had the Mayor Brothers, you know. This program, I was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it's like to be that good that fast going from division two to division to division one double A at the time was unheard of. And I think we lost, I think we lost our first playoff game to Youngstown State. That was back in, uh, I think, what, 97. And then we lost to Connecticut in 98, 99, I think. And, but we are already on a very upward trajectory. And I think that was uh, Dr. Harvey's first attempt to try to get into the CAA, you know, trying to show that, oh yeah, look, like we're, we're, we are moving in that direction. And if you think about it at the time, we had a convocation center, you know, and we had the uh, Armstrong, I think was being, was being built to, to fit, you know, it was, I mean, cause if you think about it, the Armstrong that you see today, even though it's a, a, a well over a hundred year old stadium, 
once Hampton went to William and Mary, I think in 97, when we played them there and we saw their brick structure and how the brick was made, we did the exact same thing to Armstrong. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of this was done to, I would say, to get what Dr. Dennis Thomas said, to get our programs up to snuff. And, and I think it took a lot longer than they envisioned because, you know, this is not some, this is not a walk in the park, you know, it's very difficult. So my whole thing is um, what I would say, matter of fact, I, I got more to say, but I'm gonna let you chime in. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, it's very important, you know, not important, but just, you know, things take time, right? So I think it's, you know, we've been hearing rumors about this for years, but you know, when this news came out over the weekend, this was the first time where I really saw Dr. Dennis's, uh, Dr. Dennis and his comments about, you know, the plans back in the mid nineties. So to see this come to fruition is, is, is actually very interesting the way it's happened. I think, you know, all of the realignment uh, that's happening, you know, at the FCS, uh, and, you know, all Division One level is what actually sped this up, because just over the years, just on the straight merits, you know, we've been seen to have been rebuffed <laughs> many times. But, mm -hmm. you know, at mm -hmm. this point in time, it's just the right time we were prepared and um, made the bid. So and we and we made it in. So, you know, I think it's been been pretty cool. I mean, there's a lot of uh, good things to look at uh, from this move. I mean, you know, Hampton and I, we, um, you know, we just we kind of talk about this throughout the years on the podcast, but we just, you know, we know a lot of folks throughout athletics, different schools, uh, administrative positions, some people we've gone to school with families and friends. And, you know, all the administrators that I've talked to about this move are like, yo, do it like immediately. Like yeah. if you can yeah. go <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. a person, like, yeah. and these are all black folks, just, you know, just, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> really conscious yeah. folks like, yo, go immediately. So, I mean, everyone is like, this is a great move. Um, and if we do it right, it can really pay some dividends. So, um, any more thoughts? I could I could jump into a list of some good things, and we can just chime over there. So, I mean, so I, I think travel, you know, that's a good thing, right? Um, most of the teams in the CAA are in the Mid Atlantic region. Um, William and Mary, of course, Richmond, Delaware, Towson. It's kind of a hybrid conference. So they have one conference of uh, members for football and then all of the other permanent members. So not all of the football members are permanent members, similar to the Big South. So, but most of the members, regardless, are located in the mid, uh, mid Atlantic region from uh, Charleston for basketball all the way up to Maine for football. So you've got all, uh, uh, you know, we've got teams all throughout the Mid-Atlantic region that we can play. Um, these are big markets as well that these uh, mm -hmm. will be participating in. we got the DC market, Baltimore, uh, New York uh, with the uh, Stony Brook and Hofstra. We've got Boston with uh, I think Northeastern and you've got, you know, upstate New York, you've got all kinds of kids, uh, teams. You've got Elon. I think they kind of pull in the Charlotte triangle market. So you've got all of the big markets on the mid uh, the mid-Atlantic region uh, that Hampton will have access to. And also in those markets, we have a lot of alumni there as well. So you should have some good uh, uh, turnouts. Um, the other thing is, you know, we've got increased competition. So, you know, um, the teams are, uh, I won't say more competitive, like at a national level, like there was good ball in uh, Big South and MEAC, but just to give an idea of, you know, how the competition will be stepped up. Men's basketball, 
the CAA is the 15th ranked conference out of uh, 32 or 33. So just for com comparison, the Big South is 28th and the MEAC is 31st. So we're going to hop ahead uh, 18 conferences as far as competitive, no, 13 <laughs> as far as competitive, this is, yeah, this is concerned. Yeah. And then football is the second best uh, FBS, no, FCS conference. So the Big South is eighth and the MEAC is 11th. So it's a big step up as far as competition is concerned. So, and then the other thing, which could be good, and that all of these things are really just, you know, from the fan perspective, I don't really know what numbers and things the administrators, administration is operating on. I guess, you know, I know they have their own spreadsheets and things that they're concerned about, but just from a fan perspective, this should also help with better amenities for fans, um, you know, which, you know, convocation, everything's going to have to be stepped up, you know, for the fan experience. Cause um, you know, Jeff and I were talking like, you know, Richmond fans are going to travel. Everyone's going to, there's going to be mm -hmm. more butts in the seats, hopefully as a result of this move. So everything has to mm. be stepped up to account for that. So that should be better for the fans and the players. And there's some things going on, like the, the end zone construction that's going on at Armstrong, which for some reason the school still won't <laughs> publicize. I don't understand. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of good there, but just from a fan perspective, those are some things I was thinking about. What what else? Anything else, uh, Miss Jeff? What? How else will this be good for the university or fans? You know what? I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Basically, um, I do think that for the CAA, you know, the I would say the benefits for let's talk about the benefits for the CAA if we join. Um, the first thing I would say is they get check off diversity <laughs> I mean, on mlk they, day <laughs> yeah on mlk day <laughs> they can check off diversity <laughs> um and you know hbcu checked that off and you know hampton i would say has a sterling reputation not that we have to talk about it but you know for those who haven't really uh, who don't know much about the university or the institution you know it has a very good reputation um, we've always been competitive, you know, um, I think, I think what, uh, what set, what used to set, what, what set us apart in the CIAA was that, you know, we were very competitive in all sports and similarly in the MEAC. Um, now, previously though, I would say our football team since I would say the 2010s, you know, 2009 almost, you know, we just haven't been that competitive and our most athletic programs are judged based upon that one sport alone. It doesn't care, you know, if basketball or the auxiliary programs are doing well, you know, it's like, what kind of football team can you field? But, you know, we do know that uh, Coach Prunty and staff, you know, they are definitely building a solid foundation. We like what we see. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, it's a benefit for benefit there. Um, now I'll say the benefits for Hampton is uh, what Dr. Dennis Thomas said back in um, that article in 94, conference prestige. And I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if I mean any program, let's say like everybody knows SEC is the, the, the main program for football, you know, so, you know, if SEC extended an hour grants to like Clemson or something, you saw what they did with the Oklahoma and Texas, you know, mm -hmm. you know, they, they immediately went. So 
Hampton, you know, says flat out, yeah, you know, cool. And we conference prestige. And also it's another type of prestige we haven't really talked about is that academic prestige, you know. And there are a lot of very good universities within the CAA that I think that Hampton could definitely affiliate with. And these conference and these uh, universities can definitely affiliate with Hampton. And another thing is it opens up av avenues in many dire uh, directions, mainly recruiting. You know, we say, we can now say, oh, we recruit CAA. <laughs> We're in the CAA, you know, <laughs> we yeah. recruit. that's what that's what we are. You know, you know, a lot of players, you know, who have been, I would say, a little bit hesitant about joining the MEAC, you know, the MEAC, because they're like, oh, man, nobody nobody really cares about the MEAC. They don't really care about football, which is very false. Hey, can I you jump know, in there real quick and add one thought? Oh, yeah, like what you, you mentioned about recruiting. You're like, I always did. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm learning. Like, there are always little signs of, like, differences between, like, mm -hmm. programs and conferences. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you want to know the difference between the CAA and even the Big South, MEAC, look at the defensive lines. Look at look the, look at the guys. <laughs> look at the yeah. defensive ends. Like yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the difference, right? Right yeah. there. So hopefully we could get some. <laughs> you know, hey, our, you know what? Yeah. And we we could definitely speak on that because I remember when I remembered when we went to uh, see Hampton play at William and Mary at Zabel Stadium, I think in 2015, and um, it was their homecoming, and it was it was just a bad matchup. But this is the wild part. I felt that team that we had, you know, with David Watford as QB and we had Shaquem Alonzo and we, we had a lot of players that were, I would say, transfers yeah. that were really, these were, these were, some of these guys were like three and four star players. But the, the difference was um, when I looked at William and Mary's linemen, they were uniform. Those guys were like six, 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 seven, solid. Yeah. You know, and they were all they were all practically the same weight, the same height, the same weight. And I was just like, yeah, these guys are different. Like whereas Hampton, I would say, had a lineman that was six eight, six nine, like close to four hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's big, but you know, like what kind of like what's he gonna do? You know, then they had like a uh, you know, a center six one, like like 275 you know it's like it was just like a hodgepodge of of offensive and defensive linemen that we had and and but it's funny when we were talking to that coaching staff at that time you know the first thing they said is like we can that's all we can get yeah. so you know hopefully you know being affiliated with a better conference we can get some of these kids that you know that look like those linemen that we saw at William and Mary. And so even when we played Richmond, I think we played Richmond that same year earlier at our um stadium. And they had like they had like some some bona fide studs too. So yeah, that's the difference. It, it's the difference. Now basketball wise, I think we'll be okay because I think that we're kind of ahead of the curve, you know, because our program's been established. Let's not talk about this year. But I right. think we'll be okay then. Um, but yeah, I think from our perspective, um, uh, it is a good move. And I mean, we do, we have gotten a lot of, I would say, blowback from, you know, the rest of the HBCU community, but we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. But I mean, 
And then even the people that we have spoken with outside of, you know, that are connected within other athletic departments, just like you said, they were saying, this is a no brainer. Take it now. And, you know, that's pretty much it. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it's a solid move. So let's let's assume it's going to happen. The bad. So there are some always risks associated with any move. Right. So so what they (laughs) (laughs) don't want that. (laughs) Right. I mean, one thing that everyone seems to complain about with the CAA is their deal with flow sports. So for everyone who doesn't know, flow sports is, I guess, their media broadcast partner. So that's how they televise or show their games, especially on on the internets. And, uh, you know, ESPN, when you sign up for ESPN, like what we get, you get a really solid package. You get, mm-hmm. um, you know, access to a lot of their underlying resources. So it makes it for just a better, more comprehensive product. So Flow, from what I can see, doesn't have the same, you know, product. So uh, their fans seem to hate Flow Sports. And that's one thing they've mentioned is like, you're going to hate Flow Sports. <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but that's mm-hmm. what folks have been complaining about. So that's one thing there. Um, I think across the board it might take a while to be com- truly competitive like jeff said i think in basketball i think we're we'll be competitive out the gate um will we win i'm not sure but we'll be competitive in basketball i think football the foundation is definitely being laid you can see it uh with what prunny and team is doing there but the auxiliary sports need a lot you you need a whole lot more to compete in the caa i mean just uh, you know another mm-hmm. another thing to look at Folks, like, go to uh, some of the competition that we'll be facing and look at their coaches. Go to the roster and look in the look at the coaching roster and look at how many positions they have just for to support the various teams. Um, so I, I don't know. We're going to have to step up in that area to compete. You're going to have to have you know, two strength, maybe three strength conditioning coaches. Maybe <laughs> sport is going to have to have its own strength and conditioning coach. Like that's, you know, the level that we're going to have to step up in some areas to be uh, competitive there. Uh, definitely don't want to be demoralized because as we were talking about offline too, I mean, some people, this is a, you know, if it fails, you know, it's going to be a huge uh, setback and demoral demoralizing setback for mm-hmm. many of our institutions. So this has to work. Um, other thing is, you know, will the traditional how will the traditional rivalries be maintained? I think in the other sports, other than football, there's enough room to continue to schedule folks. But football, the CAA is full up. I mean, they've got a full roster of teams, so it's not. I don't know if we're going to be playing like. Howard and Norfolk State in the same year, you know, or still be able to schedule like Virginia Union or State or whatever. So I think, you know, the schedule is going to be a lot tougher and we might not be able to play our rivals uh, the same. And the last, I wonder if there'd be any penalties for leaving um, early. And if not, I wonder if there's like a, a gentleman's agreement when Hampton joined the Big South, like, yo, if we get it, if we get that call, we, we're out. <laughs> maybe they were like, OK, cool. Or will they behave the way CAA is behaving towards James Madison? Were they trying to give him like the death penalty, like not let them compete for anything in the final year? So it'll be interesting that, to see what that, that was. Like. That. That is very nasty how how that has gotten out, man. Just yeah. you know, once it kind of gets out of the conference and other people are starting to talk about it, that's when it gets nasty. And yeah. 
I mean, just by viewing it from the outside, you know, I see it. And, and it's an interesting part because James, my wife interviewed at James Madison for a professor position. And I remember they took her to the studio. Oh, yeah. didn't care. She didn't care about football. <laughs> and this is when they were building that, that monstrosity. And she was like, oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah. And, you know, she was just like, okay, you know, they're going to do something big. But she didn't, she's not, you know, in the nuance of FBS and FCS. She, but, you know, and when she noticed it, I was like, okay, yeah, they're definitely going to make a move. And it's probably going to be a little bit ugly, you know, based upon how the conference deals with it. But are you, do, you, do, you, do you want me to go ahead or you got it? Oh, you got it. Okay. So, but, you know, just, just to kind of piggyback off of what you said when you're talking about these coaches, I pulled up two football coaching staffs. I'm not going to say who, but between both coaching staffs, uh, I would say one program has 14 coaches. The other program has 16. Mm. That is a lot of coaches. And I think Honestly, Hampton, if they want to be able to be competitive in football, they're going to have to give, you know, our staff what they de- uh, what they really need. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, they have um, I'm, I'm, from what I'm looking at, I see, uh, you know, there's defensive coordinators, linebackers, coach, inside linebackers, coach. There's one coach for the tackles. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting here laughing like, wow, OK, so. I mean, obviously, these programs put a lot into, you know, their coaching staff and how, you know, they uh, they apply it to, you know, their players and to their, you know, to to the team. So this is something I would say this is something that the university or our athletic department needs to be able to. I hope they have a plan. You know, this is one thing that scares me is that DCAA programs put a lot into their staff, their staffing. Um, another thing I've noticed um, is like, uh, let's see. Another thing is, you know, um, the HBCU mystique, you know, we have got a ton of scrutiny from other HBCUs. And for the folks um, who are in the CAA who are listening, um, Hampton, if we can kind of give you an idea of what Hampton is, if we could equate it to, let's say, a Division One program, Hampton is University of Virginia or Boston College. You no, know? right. we're not. Uh, we're not Jackson State. You know, <laughs> we're not, <laughs> not Grambling. We're not Southern University, and we're not FAMU. Though they wear their pride on their sleeves, Hampton is conservative. We're quiet. You know, we're at um, football games, and we clap. We don't yell. <laughs> no, you know. yelling is it's impolite. A, it's very impolite. So I remember one time like, I was at I was at a game and I started yelling and people looked at me like I was crazy, man. <laughs> was exactly. <laughs> exactly. The um our we mainly recruit um students that do not come from football rich states. So the majority of our students come from, I would say Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Washington, DC, Baltimore. I mean not Baltimore, I mean Maryland. <laughs> um few from North Carolina and uh Virginia, but these are students that 
are very diverse and a lot of them didn't really weren't really born into the HBCU atmosphere. So it's kind of like uh and a lot of our students are trust fund students anyway. So let's keep it real. So so I mean so I mean so yeah, but my whole yeah, I do I am concerned about you know the fact that since the CAA is a full schedule, you know, will we be able to continue to keep our relationships with other HBCU programs? Um I mean, it will be difficult, you know, to get Norfolk State, you know, I'm sure it has to take both sides of intense planning to, to, you know, to make sure that we can continue this rivalry because the Battle of the Bay, you know, it is something that, you know, our fans definitely look forward to. The the Howard game, you know, that's more of a, I would say that's a national game, a national regional game that, you know, our fans look forward to. And it, it does kind of, I guess, give us a lot of pause on the fact that we probably will only be playing two HBCU games, maybe three. And I would say the third one, I'll just say, please be Virginia U. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, we, we just need to have some sort of camaraderie with um, our old programs, our old foes um that you know is what i'm nervous about but i'm also extremely nervous about what the plan is and that means and just like what we said you know it's like our auxiliary sports will be fine track and field will be good you know we can run we get it there <laughs> um i think basketball wise yeah, we're ahead of the curve there um but for the programs that matter like football you know it's like Yes, we're building on that, um, the addition, you know, uh, in the end zone for our program, but I hope that there is a plan in place to give our coaches what they need to be successful, you know, uh, or a plan in place to have all coaches at Hampton University to be competitive, you know, it's, you can't, like, I think I saw somebody said that Towson, um, Towson, has a $25 million budget, you know, um, if that's the case, then we are definitely in trouble, you know? So I think a lot of our, um, I think a lot of our programs, you know, HBCU programs have this notion of, you know, we make a way out of no way, you know, you know, food, food, you know, being frugal and being able to survive on thrift. Now, I'm not saying you can still survive on thrift. You know, you, you definitely did it in the MEAC. We definitely did it in the CIAA. We definitely did it where we started. We definitely did it in the Big South. But to be competitive, you have to have some coin. Yeah. And I am, that's what I am more nervous about because Hampton has always been stingy with the bread, you know, so. <laughs> notorious. So, <laughs> notorious. So it's just like, you know, I think it would be a bad thing if we come into the conference and we're doormats. So if we're homecoming platters, you know, that is bad for, uh, let's say, our image. And it's definitely bad, you know, like being an HBCU and everybody looks at you as a bye week in any sport. So, you know, it, you better, we better have a plan in place. You can't just go to the CAA and just be like, oh, we here now. And we're just happy to be here. We, no. we shouldn't do that. So, no, no but no. Um, I, that's what, that's what I'm more nervous about is what are the plans? You know, what do we have? What are we going to do to remain competitive in conference? No, good stuff, man. I mean, that's right on. I mean, I think just to sum it up, right? Like, um, I, 
And I don't think Jeff is either, or Hampton is either. It, we're not really emotional about this move. Like, I think, and I don't no. know how many alumni either. I think the Band-Aid was ripped off when the team <laughs> left the MEAC. So that was a shock. But we're already out, yeah. right? So yeah. if you're out, yeah. then you might as well just, you know, have the best, you know, but improve, quote, unquote, improve your situation. So I think, mm-hmm. um, I think if it's done right, it'll work. And um, yeah. let's assume that it will be. So, um we shall see when it's officially yeah. announced, you know, we'll, we'll come back okay. and maybe it'll be some more details about the moves. So. Yeah, no, I, 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 don't, don't, don't put your life on the details. That no, that's bad. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's not coming. No. Yeah. <laughs> maybe some will link, leak out somehow. Yeah. Well, that's the only thing. Hampton is great with like keeping things in and we both, we definitely know that. Right, knowing the right. stuff that we know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Yep, very so. true, man. Um, so yeah, man, that's that's NCAA interesting time. So real quick, man, a basketball. So basketball mm-hmm. updates for men's and women's. So for the men, uh, it appears that COVID has taken its toll on the season, and uh, the men they're struggling. Um, it, it, I, I can't imagine how, how t- it's been a long year and they're not even halfway done yet. Um, mm-hmm. but, but between the new roster, COVID injuries, stops and starts, it's, it seems to be uh, a tough season. And that game against A&T, boy, that was a tough game going into Corbett. I mean, A&T, that's not one place you want to go into and not be uh, firing all cylinders and, and they, they made him pay that game. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the, the men's program and, you know, where they are at this point in the season. And there's enough time to write the ship ship. Um, joiners teams tend to get hot down the stretch. So hopefully that'll happen, but they just got to get healthy and get some continuity and, uh, write the ship, but they look, uh, look like they're struggling right now. The women, mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're still on a five game win streak. COVID has uh, attacked them as well, but they seem to you know have a, a more solid foundation. So they're playing well, um, and they, but there's a lot of games left there too. So but they're playing very well. So hopefully they can still pick up some more momentum. But any other observations about those teams, man? I just the men, man. They 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 look. Uh, what's the word? Like uh, they look they look beaten. I don't know if that's the word. But you know, you nah, like they don't look yeah, like they run around free, smile, and have they look yeah. stressed, man. So they, yeah, it's look like they it's like the COVID, the pandemic has interrupted their momentum, you know, the ability to 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 start. So it's like almost a car that, you know, that um has, I would say, it's a car that you constantly have problems with, like my Audi. I love my Audi, but I mean, I just put, I just sent the dealership a check for two grand. And <laughs> two grand, like, that's uh, a deal on the Audi, man. No matter what the work you. is. <laughs> thank you, you know, so it's just like, you're so bad. But at the same time, you love the car. I think for um, our young men, um, it's that the first thing is we did lose a lot of continuity. We lost uh, Davion Warren last year. This is the part of the transfer portal that, that hurts. We lost him to Texas Tech. And well, first it was Memphis in Texas Tech. And he was a solid piece, you know, that we needed. And then we lost um, Ben Stanley to Xavier, the, the good one, the good Xavier. Mm-hmm. And these are two cornerstone players that, you know, would have definitely had they 
remain on the roster would have been, you know, uh, we, we would have probably, they, we would have leaned on them during this time. And so we had to remake our program with a lot of kids from the portal. So, you know, it's trying to find, you know, it's, it's, during, it's during the pandemic, you're trying to, to get these young men to jail in such a, you know, a weird time where, you know, everything is uncertain. You don't like, we just, uh, the game that we're just playing right now with Presbyterians has been postponed. We've had four postponements already. So, you know, it's just like everything is uncertain and we just don't know going forward. And then the situation, uh, I think uh, a couple nights ago when we played North Carolina a and at, at Club Corbett, Club Corbett. And I just felt that, our team just still is trying to figure out what it is and who we are. And it's just, a, it's a nightmare. And honestly, you can't really put this on Joiner. This is a lot of things going on. So I would say, I'll just wrap this up to the pandemic. Um, as far as the women are concerned, you know, um, you know, that, that this five game winning streak, man, I can get used to this, man. <laughs> and so, you know, I do think that, um, they have not experienced, you know, that same loss, but their loss has always been with injuries. And I'm hoping that David Six is not going to continue to run these girls in the ground, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, because he, he builds everything on tough physical defense. And if you notice how our girls are, are – you know, how they are at the end of, I would say, the season, closer to the tournament time, those knees are worn out. So those yeah. girls, are, you know, they're, um, you know, because it's a lot of, uh, you know, six relies on a lot of pressure, a lot of traps, you know, uh, good physical defense and, you know, and a good um, definite ball dominance. So, you know, and Nyla Young, man, you know, that's, that's my girl, man. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I really love how, you know, she's really taken, you know, the, you know, the ball by the horns or whatever the term is, but. You know what I she just, has, man? Like if, if you are watching the game, if you have like mm-hmm. a young, young person, mm-hmm. you watch her feet, man. I mean, yeah. she, she <laughs> like twinkle toes, man. Like she's really, mm-hmm. she's got great feet. Yeah. Um, and, and is deceptively fast i think it shocks people out by how quick yep. absolutely yeah but you know now if you look at their schedule they've had one two three four four postponements since january 8th all the way up to the 18th they're supposed to play tomorrow at radford and that game's been postponed so you know it's the same thing man it's just that i just think that you know, until we're able to, you know, I would say put a dent in this, you know, this sickness of, you know, COVID, then, you know, we're going to continue to see this. And it's not fair for our coaches, you know, for our programs, you know, to, you know, I'm not going to say it's not fair. It, it happens. But, you know, it, it, it is difficult to be successful when things like this happen. So, I mean... And we're dealing with it the best way that they know how. So let's just let's just get better, so we can go back to enjoy, just enjoy what we love. You know, um, you know, Hampton University athletics stuff. So. Yep, very true, man. On that note, that is well said. And um, everybody, stay healthy, and uh, we'll be back soon. Go Pirates! Peace. <laughs>